one of the all-time greats in the history of the Oilers franchise. It is former defenseman Paul Coffey. Paul, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. How you doing, buddy? Doing very well. It's nice to talk to you again. Man, this is so cool, uh, this this draw being done tonight to remember John Muckler and, uh, you know, his family wanting to make sure the, the mustard seed is involved. Uh, I, I know it was tough for, for all you guys who played for the team uh, back in the 80s, uh, played for John Muckler when, when he passed a few weeks ago. Just tell me what uh, what he was like, maybe not just as a coach, but just uh, just as a man and someone you worked with every day. Yeah, I mean John was a special guy. It was nice to see uh, over the years him and him and Teddy, who's passed as well, uh, lend themselves and their time to that charity. But uh, John was a special guy. He was uh, very, very, very instrumental in our championship teams. Well, the three I won with the Oilers for sure. He was uh, he was a leader. He was an upfront guy. He won wherever he uh, wherever he coached and wherever he played, and he just brought a very stern but calming uh, effect to our club um, we were we were good in a lot of ways but we weren't good enough to win and Mark put his stamp on it he taught us how to break other teams defenses down taught us how to kill penalties taught us how to play the power play but never once did he take away what you did best and that's what made John very special he let us all play our game and I remember once in a while even saying, well, how's that working? And we're thinking to ourselves, well, it's not working that good because we haven't won yet. And then he would uh, quietly show us a, uh, a better way to do it. Not a different way, just a better way very calmly. And uh, he, he, was, he, was, he was a big part of those teams. How would you describe how that coaching staff sort of gelled? I mean, the, the a coaching staff is almost like a little team within the team. So you had Sather, you had Buckler, and, and you had Green. How did, how did they gel together? Well, you had three guys that were were very confident. Uh, Teddy Green probably having the most decorated career professionally as a three of them slots that had played uh, some pro and of course Muck that uh, had, had played in every aspect of the game but they were you know they were they worked well together I don't think at all they got along all the time but they got along well enough to uh, uh, to be successful and when I say don't get along I just meant if you know if Glenn asked John his opinion John didn't say, well, me too, or same here, or Teddy didn't say, same here, or me too. If they hadn't a strong opinion on something, they weren't afraid to voice it. And uh, we knew that as players. We knew they had our backs, and uh, they were just, they, they, they were, I mean, that's back at the time when, you know, you didn't have massive coaching staff. So what they said mattered, and, and they really had their finger on the pulse at all times. And the three of them worked really well together. I, 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 I talked to some other guys shortly after John Muckler passed away too, and they they referenced what what you said, how good he was at at breaking down other teams. Was did he was he a guy who would show you video? Would he go to the the chalkboard, or would he just kind of demonstrate things on the ice? I'm just wondering how he yeah, implemented I'm things. Just, I'm just snickering to myself. Our video was a. Uh, Projector, projector that Sparky, the trainer, brought out to the middle of the uh, the room when a projector came down from the ceiling. But no, John, John would do both. But he, he, you know, he talked to you every day about it. He didn't. Uh, I think the real, I think John's biggest attribute is he didn't overcoach. He didn't. Uh, I know the game has changed, and I respect all that. I respect all the job that every coach does in today's game. But John wouldn't, uh, or Teddy uh, wouldn't, wouldn't overdo it. Anything. 
uh, he would he would show it to you. If you got it, you were probably going to play. If you didn't get it, you'd probably get one more chance, and that'd be it. And then you'd either be out of there, or you'd uh, or you'd, you'd miss your shift or something like that. But he had an uncanny ability of. A lot of times, and sorry, one time he shows on the power play. I remember him taking five pucks out on the ice and had them numbered. And you know, one was one was Wayne, two was Yari, three was let's call him Mark, four was Kevin uh, or me, and five was Charlie Huddy. And he just asked the puck to be moved. One to four, two to five, three to two, and that's how we moved the puck around. And he uh, he just had the uncanny ability not to not to overcoach, but definitely coach enough. Yeah, well said. Paul Coffey joining us on the face-off show as we get you ready for the Oilers and the Senators. Don't forget today's Edmonton Oilers 50-50 in memory of John Muckler and in support of the Mustard Seed. You have until 10 o'clock to get tickets. Well, I mean, you talked about the video projector. So, you know, we got to tour the Oilers dressing room when this building opened, and they have a little video room that players can watch their shifts in between periods. And, of course, now there are iPads on the bench too. So it's it's a, it's a little bit it's a little bit different than... Uh, the, the, when you were playing, for sure. Uh, I, I know. Uh, well, I, I, we almost connected for one of the games in Toronto. I think you, you did. You go to wind up going to both the games in Toronto, or did you wind up watching yeah. on TV? No, I, I went to them both. I was lucky enough to get uh, get a seat, saw, saw it with Brad, uh, uh, Kenny's son, Kenny Holland's son, and uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It's uh, a tad bit different without the crowd, but once the game starts, you just concentrate on watching the players, and it was actually nice. It was nice to see. Well, the game here on Sunday was a crazy one. Obviously, 5-3 after the first period, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl got six assists, the, and the last time an Oiler did that was you. In, Mar- in March of 1986, you got six assists against Detroit. I don't know if you remember that game, so I won't put you on the spot. If you do, you can talk about it. But, uh, you know, Leon and, and Connor, their performance uh, both this season, I mean, they're already way ahead in, in the scoring race. They're pretty special to watch, aren't they? Oh, 100%. Yes, uh, now that you're telling me the game, I do remember, but we don't need to talk about that. Let's talk about Connor and Leon. And, you know, whether you're an Oilers fan or not or a fan of the game, you had to love to watch that the other night. Those are two, two special players. And, you know, my philosophy has always been whether you coach the kids or you watch a professional team play, your best players should be and, and need to be their best every or most nights when they can. And it's not their job to come back uh, to the group because, uh, you know, other players can't keep up to them. I think what Connor and Leon are doing now, it's going to force that Oiler team to pick their speed up, move the pucks a lot quicker, and it's going to make them a better team. But it was great to watch. I mean, it's, it's I mean, hey, listen, as a fan, you want to be entertained, and every time you watch the Oilers play right now, it's it's nice to watch, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, two really entertaining games on the weekend, especially that that was a fun one that went to overtime against Toronto too. You know, Ottawa is here at one seven and one, uh, and the Oilers are are five and six. They they started they started one and three. Like you you played here where the expectations were high. You you played in Pittsburgh where you had great players. The expectations were high. You went to, you know, you had a stint in Detroit where <laughs> the expectations were high. So, you know, how did you or teams deal with being in a hockey-mad market with high expectations where you had a bad four, five, six, seven-game stretch? What are the, some of the things that need to happen in the dressing room and at practice to sort of keep everything on the rails? 
Well, I mean, always, always number one is your best players need to best be your best players. I think we had that in Edmonton. I was lucky enough to have it in my older days with with Wayne and company. Of course, with Stevie Eisman in Detroit and '66 in Pittsburgh. As long as your best players are your hardest working players and your leaders, everybody else will get in line, or they won't. And if they won't, then, then uh, you got to make moves. But I think, uh, I think I'm. I mean, I think the Oilers are on the right track now. I mean, the hardest part in the game in any era is scoring goals. I don't care what anybody says. That's where the real talent is. And if these guys uh, being 29 and 97 in company um, keep doing what they do best, uh, good things will happen. Uh, I got to throw one more at you before we go here because Rob Brown's going to join me a little bit later on. But uh, Mario Lemieux, Rob Brown, Paul Coffey, the three leading scorers on the 88 89 Pittsburgh Penguins. Rob uh, Rob edged you out by two points. You didn't quite get to 80, 80 games, though, so I think you would have passed him if you got to the, the full 80. But, uh, uh, you know, B- B- Brownie and Mario formed a, a pretty special tandem that year. And I imagine you figured in on a, on a few of Brownie's goals along the way, too. Well, Robbie was a special guy, and and you know I just I just even to this day there'd be himself and, and possibly Ray Shepard, two guys that uh, if you're going to pick one part of the game they weren't real strong at was their skating, but boy what hockey sense and what a set of hands and you know Brownie Brownie was a treat to play with. Um, He's under the adage you can't give a good player a bad pa- a bad pass because you couldn't with him. You put it in his skates, he'd still kick it up to a stick and make a play, and he was a lot of fun to play with. Awesome. Hey, Paul, we're happy to have you on the show. Thanks for your memories of John Muckler and some thoughts on the current edition of the Oilers. I hope we can do this again. Enjoy the game tonight. Really appreciate your time. I will. Thanks, guys. Good luck, Oilers.